Welcome to the Journey to Multifamily Millions podcast. Start your journey today of building wealth through multifamily real estate investing. Listen to inspiring conversations with experts in the field from every step of the process. It doesn't matter if you are new to multifamily real estate or if you're already the savvy pro, we cover it all. And now your host, founder and CEO of Zana Investments, Tim Little. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Journey to Multifamily Millions. I'm your host, founder and CEO of Zana Investments, Tim Little, and we have a really interesting show for you today as we explore how Noel Liu not only grew his dental practice, but started growing his multifamily portfolio as well. Noel and his wife, Nazish, are both dentists and founders of Secure Dental, a general dentistry group practice with 11 practices throughout the Midwest. He started investing in multifamily real estate about a year and a half ago and has since invested as an LP on three deals and is currently co-GP in a multifamily syndication deal of 150 doors. Noel, welcome to the show. Awesome. Awesome, Tim. Thanks for having me here. I mean, it's a pleasure. So yes, my name is Noel Liu here. I'm a general dentist with my wife, Nazis Joffrey, and we are founders of Secure Dental, a group practice you know, based in Peoria, Illinois. It's great to have you here. And, you know, so I gave everyone uh, a little teaser, a high level overview of your background. But on the show, we really like to get into the details of how you started on your journey to multifamily millions. So please tell us a little bit more about yourself generally and what brought you into the multifamily space. Great question, Tim. There's a little story behind it. It's, you know, we as professional and we as dentists, we are always trading time for money. And then the more harder we work, the more taxes we are paying. You know, we, I have three little ones. And for me, the biggest thing is spending more time with these guys, pushing 11 practices and trying to 10x our returns on that, as well as scaling and expanding our business on the business end. We started looking into passive investment a little bit because, again, you know, we don't want to be doing this forever. Sooner or later, one day we may exit, eventually exit our business, but then we want something that could grow passively. And that is where a year and a half ago, I started looking into multifamily real estate. I mean, I looked into a lot of real estate and then I came across Grant Cardone and then I started his following him for a while. And then I joined his summit. And uh, from there, it's just been a journey. It's, it's been great. Yeah, I really identify with some of the things that you said in there, you know, in terms of the trading time for money and really wanting to spend more time mm -hmm. with your kids. I myself, I have two young kids too. Now they just turned four and seven. So, you know, yeah. knowing that you're only going to get a very short period of time, what did they say? You very. Probably spend, you know, 90% of the time that you'll spend with your kids between the ages of, you know, probably zero at 16. Between 16 and 18, you're not cool enough, but. Right. Between zero and 16. So I, I really wanted to capitalize on that time too. And uh, so I definitely understand where you're coming from. You know, absolutely. Absolutely. And they grow so fast. It's like once when they're teenagers, then they're gone. Then they're going to college, they're going to school. And then we definitely want to start looking into something where we can start investing and making the money work for us rather than the other way around, which I've been doing for the last, what, 15, 16 years. Yeah, we talked a lot about multifamily on the show, but it, a lot of it comes down to entrepreneurship. And I see a lot of that in how you've grown your practice. So could you tell me a little bit about what that looks like, you know, just from the, the dentistry perspective, 
in terms of starting out as a dentist and growing it to 11 different locations, I guess is the right way to put it? Right, right. No, great question, Tim. You know, we start off as a dentist and what we do is we focus on one practice. And then again, you know, as we're expanding and scaling, we focus on one step at a time. And for me, I've been blessed with having a wife who's also a dentist and she supports me from the admin part. And then we have our team that are playing key roles for us. So our secret sauce, I always say, it's the team players that's in their respective fields. And that is why I am able to do what I'm doing. Growing the practice and, you know, acquisitions is not that hard, but it's actually the team dynamics, team building. And this is what I found in multifamily investing. It's like when we syndicate deals, it's exactly the same process. It's building the team, trying to acquire, you know, going through the due diligence, doing everything else. And then once when the property is under management, now it's like running a business. And that's where I found the, the similarities. And that's what got me so excited that, hey, you know what, besides dentistry, we also have, we can also do the same thing here and still make it sort of passive. Yeah. And that's great that you were able to identify those things where not only your yeah. experience, but your skill sets were able to be brought to bear on the multifamily side of things. Because you're right, building the team is, is the first step. And then everybody, Absolutely. everybody talks about the acquisition and everybody has a celebration, you know, whenever they, they get a right. property. But after that, that's when the, the hard but more tedious part of just running that business. Because a lot right. of people don't understand that the multifamily, like buying an apartment building is running a business because you've mm -hmm. created this business plan and now you're just implementing. Yeah. And that's where I feel like I can add value to my team, to, my, to the group that, you know, I'll be co-jeeping with. And also, you know, in the future, having my own team there. So it's all a co-mingle. And once you understand the dynamics, it's like a business, you know, we have the same profit and loss statement, be accountable. And so, so investors, I mean, you know, these are all the stuff that, you know, we were doing the business anyways. So there's a lot of similarities there and I love it. Yeah. And so I'm interested in, in all aspects of commercial real estate, not just multifamily. So I'm, right. I'm curious in terms of like those 11 practices that you have throughout the Midwest, do you own those buildings or are those leased? What does that look like? Exactly? Great question. You know, our whole business model is on leasing the locations. Now, since a year and a half ago, believe it or not, the last property that we acquired, that is purchased. And that has about three office spaces. So those are going to be leased. So it's like my mind is working and churning a little bit differently now. But, you know, our model has always been to lease, triple net leases. And when they are growing, I mean, it's just a business aspect. But now I'm kind of getting in the realm of, you know, real estate as well. So in the future, I think that's where I'm going to be heading owning the plaza, owning the strip mall, or owning the office space and uh, having the practice in there as well. Yeah, that's actually what I was going to ask you. If your you know, foray into multifamily has kind of changed your mindset in terms of that location. Oh, absolutely. Past, 110%. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, the best, the best output, output would be like, you know, having the multifamily, like a mixed unit use, having multifamily in the back and then having retails underneath and having the investors. And then, you know, I'm occupying one of the spaces in there. That would be like my ideal situation. Yeah. And you mentioned triple net lease, just for the, the education of our audience. Can you explain a little bit about what that is and what that looks like? Oh, uh, as an investor, that's a great property. But as a, as a tenant, you're pretty much responsible for everything in the space, except for the walls, the roof and the, and the ground. Triple net leases, meaning like, you know, like common area maintenance, insurance, property taxes, everything, everything is, is divided between the tenants that's in there. 
So for me, it's like, you know what, it's just like as good as owning the property. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like you said, for the owner themselves, it's, it's great because it's correct. There's so little involved in the, the running of the asset, but. Yeah, I mean, you know, all the utilities, the HVAC, everything else, everything it's, it's, you know, when as a tenant it's their responsibility, but as the owner, I mean, all you're doing is you're just worrying about like getting some tenants, long-term tenants, five, 10 years, 15 years tenants, and just go with the cash flow. Yeah. And so you talked about Grant Cardone and how he was kind of your entry into um, this space. How did you stumble upon his program or what he was doing and what kind of attracted you to that? I was looking into more about learning the real estate. And, you know, he had this podcast where not podcast, but this show like every week. And he does that pretty good. Like every time before a summit, he's going to have like four weeks of free training. And that's where I started following him and, you know, learning a little bit more. And that's where I started understanding the napkin underwriting. That's where I started knowing the numbers, how it makes sense, how the valuation works in multifamily. And it's completely different from single family rentals and single family homes. You know, with single family, we are looking at the comps, but with him that I learned was, hey, it's not the comp, it's the NOI. It's the cap rates that, that we go by. And that's, that kind of like started turning my mind and I got more invested in, in it as time passed by. Again, my whole goal was to go passive with, for my kids. And, you know, this is what kind of opened the door for me a little bit. And then I just went in and dived deep. I joined the mastermind with these guys and just surrounded myself with all the investors in the room. Tim, believe it or not, the first day when I was in that room, I was the only dentist in that room of 2,000 plus people in that summit. And it was the most uncomfortable feeling ever <laughs> from, a, from a dental conference that I'm used to. But you know what? I made it a point and I made sure that I networked and made it happen. Yeah. So is it accurate to say that you didn't own any like single family investment properties? Oh, no, never, never. I was looking into it, but after the summit and after, after meeting like almost like a hundred different people out of the 2000 group, every single one told me to stay away from single family homes. <laughs> Every single one told me, do not go in that route because most of them that transitioned to multifamily were from single family. So I took the advice and I just skipped that part and I just fast forwarded myself to straight directly to syndications. Yeah, that's so interesting because I mean, so many people start off in the single family space and then, you know, somehow yeah. get introduced to small multifamily and then from there, you know, realize they might have a problem scaling the way they want to. So they go to the commercial multifamily. So you almost have an, an advantage in that you just skipped over yeah. and yeah. Went straight that keyword down. that you just use scale. I mean, that's a challenge a lot of people had. And they even told me like, no, no, no duplexes, no quadplexes, no sixplexes. Go straight with 32 units and up. And that's where, you know, my mindset was there, which is why, you know, the whole time, all I was doing was just educating myself, just learning the hops. And you know what? The best way to learn it is to invest it. Uh, that's why I got invested in LPs. Yeah. And so was when that, that first deal that you invested in as an LP, was there any concern there? Just because it's, you know, it's, it's a new type of investment for you. Mm -hmm. Big time, big time. I mean, you know, it's like, it's like cold feet times a thousand, <laughs> right? Because we had to trust the sponsor. I mean, I did not, literally, I did not, I did not do my homework. Okay. I did not do any due diligence on a sponsor. I did not do it on the deal. All I knew the deal, I, I did fly down. I did look at the apartment and, you know, knowing what you know and knowing and not knowing what you don't know, it's, it's, 
you know, I just trust my instincts and I knew this is what I want to get into. And I was like, you know what, how bad can it be? Because real estate, I mean, the building is standing in front of me. I mean, that's the address on the uh, PPM. <laughs> I mean, you can't go wrong, right? So I took the leap and, you know, deposited and, you know, wire transfer the, the cash. And honestly, Tim, I haven't looked back. I mean, you know, I'm loving it. Yeah, and I'm glad I'm, I did. I'm right there with you. That first investment for me as a limited partner, it, I was nervous because to me, it was a lot of capital, right? Even if- Right, right. To that syndicator, you know, like I only put in 25000 Like that may seem like nothing to him, but to me, it was a lot of Correct. money. And so not knowing what I was in for, to finally have that proof of concept when you get that first distribution right. and you're like, okay, this is for real. Even if all the stuff on paper makes sense to you and you know it to be true, like you said, you have a stabilized asset. There's already a hundred, you know, people mm -hmm. living there, whatever, whatever the case may be. There's still like a doubt in your mind until it's proven true. For, for um, sure. For sure. But after that, I think it's like full force after that. Exactly. That's the same feeling every single time when I'm speaking to an investor. And I'm speaking to like, you know, like somebody I know, like, you know, that's the hard on money. And with that in mind, we always want to make sure the investor is taken care of first, because, you know, that feeling I had, I want them to be at ease. And that's what, you know, I'm trying to do for the, for my colleagues that it's okay. <laughs> there are risks. Absolutely. There are risks, but there are bigger risks not doing it. Yeah. And I think that's the, the, the harder part for you because I mean, you know, well, dentists and anyone else really, most, most Americans they don't really know that there are other options. So when they find right. out about something that's outside of that small scope that they already know, it seems strange and, and scary because it's not what right. everyone else is doing. Correct. Um, yeah, what everyone else is doing is, is going to the financial advisor and, and, and stocks and bonds and, uh, you know, like one of those uh, 401ks. And that's where the whole world is surrounding us professionals because this is where we get trained in and this is what we know. And they are like, hey, if you're earning that much money, you should be putting something aside. And all we know is IRA, Roth IRA, and that's, that's about it. But uh, when it comes to syndication, I mean, nobody talks about it. And the sad part. And so how have you been able to break through some of that hesitation among your peers? Is it just a matter of talking about it in general so that they understand yes. the concepts or? Correct, correct. And, and I strongly always, always push for them to educate themselves and, you know, surround themselves with people who are actually doing it. And one of the biggest thing is we always provide constant posts in, in, my, in my private group with telling them, you know, this is how it works, the basics, you know, like underwriting basics what an NOI is, what a cap rate is, how do we calculate this number? How do we calculate that number? How do we project it? And you know what? When we're making an investment, everything is projected. Everything is calculated. There are risks, but at the same time, it's also calculated. So it's not like you are just taking a risk blindly. So that is what we're trying to make them aware of and nurturing and you know, making them understand and educating them. So they feel a little bit comfortable. Hey, you know what? It's okay to do it. Yeah. And that, I mean, we always talk about trying to underwrite conservatively. And I think that's probably something that you need to, to highlight, like, you know, savvy yes. investors expect that, but if it's someone who's never done this before, it's probably even more important to highlight like, Hey, you know, we're taking mm -hmm. into account this possibility. And so that's why, you know, we're only counting this much rent, rent bumps or whatever your assumptions are being very transparent with that and showing that you're mitigating the risks. Correct. You just put it out there. You know, that is a risk and this is what we did for it. And I feel like the investors are a lot more at ease, especially with the market these days. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so one of the other questions I wanted to ask you about, you know, you 
stay pretty busy in your practice, I'm sure. And so what was the motivation to get on the, the general partner, the GP side of thing versus just staying up a, a limited partner and, you know, doing deals like that over and over again? Tim, honestly, is just my personality. I just want to go for the next big one. For me, it's, it's LP. It's great, great returns. You know, most of the LP deals are two, two and a half X returns, but going up to the GP team, I think that's where I feel that I can add more value, have a little bit more impact. And knowing the other side of, of the equation, I always feel like, you know, compelled to it. And like, I want to know what's going on on the other side as well. So that's like, you know, personally for me. On the other end, financially, absolutely. GPs makes absolute financial sense, right? But if I combine and marry them both together, it's kind of like my business. Like I want to scale and expand at the same time, you know, there's financial reward. So that's where it's, it, it comes from the first and foremost, a curiosity. And so dovetailing off that, I guess I would ask, is there a certain point where you see yourself segueing away from your dental practice and more towards the GP side, or are you going to try to maintain that balance? Maintain both. Yeah. At first, when I started, I was planning to retire from that side. But again, you know, it all depends if I want to apply for the real estate professional, you know, status, or should I just stick with what I got and just keep pushing both ends? So that is kind of like still in the works. That's my answer today. It may change tomorrow. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, you, you always got to evaluate where you are in life and right. you know, what makes sense. Because you know, at a certain point, there's only so many hours in a day. So. Exactly. Exactly. So this GP deal that you got in on, why don't you tell me a little bit more about how you were able to get into that first GP deal? what you brought to that team. What did that look like in terms of getting yourself onto that deal? Because that's what so many people who are mm -hmm. listening to podcasts like this, watching shows, they're like, yes, I understand it. I've educated myself on the topic, but it seems impossible to get my first deal. So what did that look like for you? So first and foremost, got involved with Brad Samarok and his team. And that's where I started exposing myself to a lot of these people. With being in Brad's mentorship program, you know, one thing that I learned was, hey, if I put myself out there and start, you know, like knocking on doors on everybody's door that, hey, I want to get on a team and the value that I can bring to their team, I think that was utmost important. The other thing is me and my buddy, Matt, who is also a fellow dentist. So Matt is originally involved in that team. So when he started seeing me like knocking on doors, he was like, hey, why don't you come in and join us? And that's how I got introduced to uh, this team here. But it was pretty late in the game there, Tim. I mean, you know, by the time I got in, there were, it was just two weeks to close. And they were like, hey, if you want to be in, you know, you, you can come in, but, you know, you have to contribute, you know, let's see if you, what, what can you do about it? I was like, well, I got my business management skills. I got, you know, I can bring some liquidity. I can bring some net worth. I can, you know, help you raise. I can help you, you know, do relationships. I can network. So they're like, you know what, let's, let's get you in for networking. Great. I got in and, uh, you know, we just hit it off. I mean, it was crazy how it got done. I had to run due diligence on the sponsors. I had to run it on the deal. I had to run it on the underwriting because I was like, there's no way on earth I'm going to get my investors in if I don't know these guys. So I had only two weeks into that before they closed. I think I spent like majority of the week just doing this. And last week we were just like hitting it all out, all cylinders. And that's how I got in this deal. And since I always wanted to be in Code GP, I was like, you know what? I'm not missing this opportunity. I'm taking it. So for me, it's not about the compensation. Like, you know, whatever their team is, for me, it's all about 
getting on the book and getting my traction. And that's, I think, more important for me at this point, since it's my yeah. first GP. Yeah, and I think that's key for, for everyone who's listening to Big understand, time. right? Like when it comes down to getting on that first deal, you cannot be greedy. Nope. <laughs> be, be willing to take whatever you can get, even if it's you know a very minute slice of that equity, just show that you're adding value, get on the GP team, and then you can say that, hey, you have been a GP on a deal with this many doors, whatever the case may be, because that, that provides you instant credibility, which they makes that, that second, that third, that fourth deal that much easier. And they were a little bit hesitant to bring me on the team, but you know, I told them straight up, I was like, hey, this is what I can bring to the team. And as far as compensation, I don't care about it. Okay. I don't care about a GP compensation. So the thing is I'm looking for is traction. I'm looking for, you know, getting on, on that, on that bio, on my bio that I, that I was a team with you guys. So, you know, immediately, you know, I added value and, uh, they got me in. So I would say, you know, my message to everybody is if you want to do something, add value and, uh, you know, show that, you know, you can do it without asking for something in return at first. Yeah. And I think the other piece of that, that you brought up before that is the network, right? Finding. Yeah a network to plug into. And that can be either, you know, through Facebook, LinkedIn, whatever the case may be, yeah. or you can buy into networks through some of these Correct. coaching and mentoring programs, which are, you know, maybe smaller, but they're almost more elite because these are people who are willing to, you know, put capital forward and really dedicate the time to do these things. Correct. So they're taking it very seriously. Whereas, you know, a Facebook group or a LinkedIn group. Right, right maybe, you know, not taking it as seriously. So that is right. another option for people if they're, you know, they've already educated themselves. Find that network. Again, conferences is another great place to build those networks. And once you have those relationships, then you can find the people who are doing deals and then you can start to pitch yourself based on the value that you're going to bring. No, absolutely. And, and I always follow Grant Cardone's advice. It's, you know, one deal can change your life. It's just that one deal that you're looking for, that one deal and that one person and that one network. I mean, if you can tap into that, I mean, that's, that's it. It's home run. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Once you do that, that first deal, it can absolutely change your life. Well, this has been great, but I want to go into the turbo round. Let's go. I'm going to ask you three questions in quick succession. And I want you to give me your honest answers. So sure. the first question, what is the one red flag every investor should look out for, either passive or active? For me, I'll tell you my red flag has been sponsor and high returns on the deal. So returns being too high. Too high. <laughs> Good to be true. And that's where I believe where we spoke about the conservative underwriting needs to be at play. Yeah. And then just generally vetting the sponsors. Is that what you're getting at? Vetting the sponsors, right. Who they are, track record, what they're doing and, and all that good stuff. So like for me, example, if I'm a sponsor, what is my track record? My track record is only a year and a half. Not good enough, right? But what do I have hooked up is I'm leveraging other people. Yeah. Okay. So that's what I mean by like who is on the team. Yeah. And that's another key point I want people to pay attention to. Even if you don't have a whole lot of experience, who are you aligned with? Who are you teamed up right. with? Because you can leverage their experience when pitching yourself to others. No, big, 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 big takeaway. 
Okay, the next one. What is a myth about this business that you would like to set straight? The myth, that's a tough one. <laughs> the myth these days is for the myth that I feel like I hear a lot is the interest rate rise and what's going to happen to multifamily and what is going to happen in the future. Are the deals going to tank? People are going to lose money there. So I would say if we have accounted for all the variations that's going to happen, it's all accounted for. The return and the, and, and the, uh, the investment is still phenomenal in real estate, even today's market. And uh, people, uh, one the other myth is, you know, the interest rates are so high. I mean, it's, it's nowhere near 20% that when it was back in the 80s. So I feel like, you know, it's it's still a great time. Everybody should just put their gas, you know, foot on the accelerator and just, just gas it down. Yeah, exactly. When, when people say interest rates are high, we need to look at it in a historical context, not just yes. the past three months. Uh, all right. And the last question, what does success look like to you? For me, success is freedom. Freedom to do what I want, when I want, and who I want to do it. Spend time with kids, financial freedom, you know, time freedom. And for me, success is trying to buy time. And that's huge for me. It's time. Yep. It all comes back around to what you said at the beginning of the show, the being, you know, paying, being paid for your time. Yes. And so, you know, time is the one thing that we can't make more of. So being able to get more of that back is invaluable. Correct. All right. Well, hey, Noel, this has been great. Please tell our guests how they can get a hold of you and if you have anything else that you would like to share with them. Oh, absolutely. I would say, you know, if you guys are on the fence and still thinking about it, you know, it's never a good time to make a hard decision. And that's what I always say. And uh, if you're on the fence, you think that's going to make sense, just go do it. It's just about doing it. Don't overthink it. It's not rocket science. Get a hold of me. Pretty simple. My first and last name, Noah Liu, N-O-E-L-L-I-U-D-D-S at gmail.com. All right. Well, we'll have all your information in the show notes. I appreciate you coming on and I look forward to seeing you do big things on your journey to multifamily millions. Take care, Tim. Thanks for having me. Thank you. You've been listening to the Journey to Multifamily Millions podcast with host Tim Little. Be sure to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a review as well to help us reach more people like you. For more information on how you can start your journey to multifamily millions, visit ZanaInvestments.com. And remember, every journey starts with a single step and there's always more to learn. Yeah.